Welcome to Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. Hello. Hello. This is just going to be our like 10 seconds of blank space so I can get us lined up correctly. Perfect. Perfect. And now we may start. Oh, hello. Hello there. Have you seen their, this, um, I'm trying to remember what it's called, but it's like a John Mulaney comedy special called Oh Hello on Netflix. I think I have, actually. Where they're dressed like the old guys and they're like, oh, hello. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. The entire time. That is exactly how you said oh, that hello. opening. Oh, hello. Well, fans. welcome everyone. Another episode of Spooky Psychology with Megan and Lauren. This is welcome. Lauren Willika. And this is Megan Baker slash Sewin. And here we be. Here we are. Um, how are you doing over in your world, Megan? Over in my world, I am doing okay. I have begun to cross-stitch. That's so exciting. I'm so jealous. It is actually very exciting. And uh, so far, so good. I have an entire word done. Ooh. So making some pr- I just got it yesterday so I'm pretty impressed I did a whole word yesterday I just I yeah. have concerns that I wouldn't have like the patience for it but I appreciate how they look you know I feel like I have a bit of a knack for it it was pretty easy I've not heard that that's the same for everyone but I had a pretty good time with it and uh, yeah other than that just reading and trying to Stay busy. Not a lot is going on in my world. How about you? How you do, you guys doing over there? I'm doing good. Uh, a lot of working. Last mm-hmm. weekend, I took kind of a longer weekend just to kind of reset. And I've found that, like, sometimes I just kind of, like, drive around listening to System of a Down, and that's a nice little reset for myself. Oh, man. That was 100% me in grad school yeah except i didn't have a car so i would rent my zip car and just drive around cornfields listening to system of a doubt sometimes you need to do that sometimes that's just the essence of who we are as people and we just need to get that out lately i've been a bit more lord huron oh that's nice that's pleasant it's very pleasant, so that's that's what I've been listening to. Yeah, I, I like me some Lord Huron. Um, what's the other one? Have you ever heard of Father John Misty? I have not. That's another pleasant one where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like cook and listen to Father John Misty, and then I'm like, well, I'm angry again. Time for to throw it out. <laughs> That's perfect. I also, I like a good Avenged Sevenfold. That's like my angry music. Oh, that's a good one. That's a throwback. I think I've definitely... Are you angry about everything? Sometimes. Sometimes I just get, like, frustrated where I'm just like, ah, but, like, other times I'm like, I don't really hate working at home. Like, that's fine. I think it's just a matter of, like, I would like to get a break <laughs> i don't know when that will be Hmm. yeah 
I think I've been solidly mixing between like angry, frustrated, and sad. Yeah. That's been. Well, that's the other part but... too, where like I feel bad for a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I think it's just a hard time. Actually, working at the office has helped me since we have a beautiful brand new office that nobody uses and just sits empty. I go do telehealth from there. Oh, you do? I do, yeah. I started that a couple weeks ago. How's it going? Um, it's good. I, we don't have internet yet, so I have to run everything off of a hotspot on my phone, but I have unlimited, so, you know. It's, uh, it's been good. I still do it from home sometimes, especially if I only have one client, but if I have three in a row or something like that, I'll usually go over there, and that's nice because I don't have to wear a headset and I can move around more. That's cool. That's a really And good also, idea. like, all of my stuff is there. Yeah. For sessions, and I do some play therapy stuff over telehealth, so it's nice to just, like, be where my stuff is. That's true. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's change of scenery. I strongly recommend it if you can. Cool. Love it. Support yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah, thanks, Boo. Oh, You're the best. Um <laughs> maybe think of something I can't remember now. It'll come back to me if it's important. But oh, that's what it was. Uh so the other day we were talking about possibly having a live recording of this and we wanted to see who's interested who is interested i mean i think it would be so fun because we did live shows last summer that i guess for newer people who haven't listened to any of the earlier episodes that's how this started yep and it was so great and we were gonna start again in april and we we cannot so we were thinking maybe some of you guys want to join in on this Zoom call action while we record. And so that is an event we're considering. Who would be interested? What would you want to hear about? What day of the week works best for you guys? Please go to our Facebook page and answer these questions under the post. Yes, please. And, you know, it should be fun, like, in the sunset, like... You know, just like our live events, you could ask questions and participate and share stories. And um, it's meant to be more interactive. And, you know, obviously we have, um, you know, people who, like, we know and have come to our events. But there's a lot of people from other states that, like, we haven't really gotten a chance to, like, talk to yet. And we would love to meet you. Um, But there's also no pressure. You don't have to actually turn on your camera. You can just kind of, like, listen in. You can listen in. You can just type questions. Keep it really to private. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, especially if you've been to the live shows. I mean, we definitely ask you a lot of questions, but we do not force participation. But we do give participation <laughs> we do bribe prizes. It. <laughs> <laughs> we we bribe. Um, but yeah, and also and- if you're already a patron of ours through Patreon, um, you can participate in the live event free because you're already you're already being awesome. So you are already being awesome, and in fact, our patrons, thank you so much. You are being so awesome that we are officially profiting from this podcast. So thank you for that. We are slightly above what we have to pay to host this. So. Yes. Uh, several dollars a month go to support Lauren and I were thinking maybe we'll go out for coffee at some point. That's where we're at. 
save very it. Very so excited. Thank you. All of that goes towards hosting the podcast, goes towards equipment, and goes towards just quite frankly the hours of time we put into this. Um, speaking of hours in time that we put into this, I just want to make a blanket apology for the last episode. And some of the weird uh, robotic sounds that were happening. <laughs> My husband's voice. Um, and Nick in the background. Tim in the background. Lots of husbands doing meetings <laughs> during that one. I mean. And. Gotta do what we gotta They gotta do. work, guys. They gotta work. Exactly. And um, I'm not the best at sound editing i'm getting better but if any of you are really good at sound editing and can explain to me what the fuck happened with the robot voice and how to fix it please let me know i tried noise reduction a bunch of times with mild success trust me that was way better than it was when we first started but if you know more than me please bring me your wisdom <laughs> that will be helpful we're working on it though i finally have uh, one of our actual mics at my apartment, so hopefully this one's sound quality will be much, much better. Yes. We're working on it. And also, um, kind of back to the patron thing, um, I did Patrons. want to give a shout out to someone who's a patron of ours, who has been for a while, um, and based on his patron tier... Um, he is able to get a business shout out. So I'm excited business to share about his business. Out. Yeah, we should have like a jingle for it. We really should. We need to. I'll record some jingles. Business shout out. Business shout out to Angel. To Angel. Um, yes. So, business shout out to Angel. So, as we've mentioned before, um, we have a friend named Angel Perez. He has come to. Uh, a few of our uh, live events. He's a supporter of ours and he's really cool. Um, and his business, um, he's actually an artist. And I wanted to uh, share with you guys um, his Instagram handle. It is King is IZZ Art. Or I think you could look it up as Angel E. Perez. Um, but on that page, he showcases his art that you can buy um, and that he sells. So a lot of these are pet portraits, which are super cute. So if you're feeling like real inspired to get a picture of your pet right now, which may cheer you up and make you happy, um, definitely check that out. I'm also kind of scrolling through it right now. And he also has like, like creepier stuff. Like he is the stuff. artist responsible for Phoebe, for anyone who came to that live event and scored one of those prints or has seen the picture. Um, and we will also link his Instagram page in the episode description. Please go check him out. Yes. Guess some creepy stuff. Guess some cute stuff. I mean, that's really hitting everything right there. Absolutely. And I mean, during this time, I know a lot of people that, you know, are, are more fortunate in their income. Um, they definitely want to help support small businesses. And this would be a great small business to support. Um, you know, he's a good dude. His wife's cool. Support them. Yeah. He seems like a great person which I think is important. You want to support good people right now. So 
we recommend supporting Angel with his cute and creepy creations. Yeah, I might hit him up to actually draw pictures of my pigs. That would be cool. I, I know, as soon as you said pet portraits, I'm like, Gotham is beautiful, so we should probably <laughs> memorialize that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, some of them are really cool. I'm just, like, scrolling through them. Anyway. Nice. But yeah, so that's that. Um, and now shall we get into the subject? I think we should. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, we'll plug everything at the end, probably. But, yeah, today we are going to be talking about conspiracy theories. And I guess more specifically conspiracy theorists. We're more of talking about the people who believe these things versus the theories. I mean, we're talking about A little about bit of both. both. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. So, Lauren, mm-hmm. tell me, what is your experience with conspiracy theories or theorists? <sighs> Gosh, where do I begin? Um, <laughs> I mean, I... Do great yes, I've always felt that conspiracy theories are, like, interesting. Um, I like hearing about them. Um, I also, like, shamelessly have watched, you know, the Shane Dawson YouTube series, um, where he talks about conspiracy theories. I think those are all interesting. Um, but aside from that, personally, just, like, from, like, a personal standpoint, whenever I hear about somebody that, like, is, like, a diehard conspiracy theorist, I think my instant reaction is, like, fear, like okay like you kind of scare me um (laughs) but aside from that that's really it's really about it okay how about you um i have a long history with conspiracy theories that really starts uh, when i was a young child and we were kind of just left alone all summer because that's like what you just used to do with your kids you had to work so you just left them at home and right (laughs) we're not allowed to do that anymore but in the 90s and early 2000s a-okay parenting right there and uh my brother and i would just watch hours upon hours of the history channel um which had made it switch from history to conspiracy theories aliens that sort of stuff so we watched tons of shows on like the supernatural on conspiracy theories all of that good stuff and then that was like a mild interest when i was younger but when i was in the seventh grade gonna shout out to my seventh grade u.s history teacher mr brennan who I meant to email him about this. I haven't had a chance yet. I probably still will and just see what he says. But we were learning about the JFK assassination. Mm. And he brought up the conspiracy theory. And then he's like, oh, class is over. Like, tomorrow we'll talk about it more. And when we came in the next day, he had, like, put green paper over his desk to represent the grassy knoll and had, like, did- and made us do a re- like, a reenaction Oh my god. Of this. And, like, literally, we had to, like, sit, scooch our chairs along the trail route and he showed bullet trajectories and just ranted for, like, 50 oh, minutes no. <laughs> about how there was a second shooter. Um, I was playing Jackie Kennedy in this scenario, so I'm, like, yeah, scooching my chair. Um, 
it was like the, just it was so strange because he was such like a tight-laced teacher and then just one day it just got really intense and he's like so now i'm gonna prove to you that there was a second shooter and it was like dude like, <laughs> you could just see like that switch and like the gleam in his eye Oh, yeah. And so I wanted, I had intended to email him and just ask him, like, if he got any flack from parents about that. Yeah, I would be um, curious. And, like, if he ever got in trouble. Because this was, I mean, in Wheaton, which is a pretty oh. conservative area. So yes, I was like, did anyone get mad at you about that? He's teaching at actually the high school I went to now. He's not in the middle school anymore. Probably more appropriate, but yeah. Pro- probably. But it was, like, the first time I had ever been around someone who just, like, believed it with such an intensity. (laughs) Um, So that was really fascinating. And I think I also just, like, know people personally who really strongly believe in some of this stuff. So it's definitely interesting to see. Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, it's one of those things where, like... You know, I will never be like, oh, I am all knowing and I know what's a conspiracy theory and what's not. Like, I have no idea. Like, I'm open to hearing, mm-hmm. like, different perspectives and stuff like that. But I think there's definitely certain ones that are, like, so, like, outlandish where it kind of makes you be like, what's happening? Why do you think and that? I th- right. And I think we'll definitely talk a bit about this, but... There's also, one of the things with conspiracy theories is that, like, several of them have turned out to be true. Mm -hmm. Like, government conspiracies are a real thing. The United States government has done some real shady shit in the past, which we're, like, not, we're not gonna pretend that they haven't. I think it's just, like, an interesting mix of, um, some specific ones that I think definitely, like, it's good to question things. It's good to acknowledge that the media does have an agenda. We all know that. If you look at the headlines between CNN and Fox, it's really obvious when they're reporting on the same event what their agenda is. Like, you can tell that they have an agenda. There was even a thing, I think it was called, like, um, Project, like, Mockingbird or something, where, like, the Mm -hmm. CIA was, like, having, like, the news or, like, press you know put out certain things like for their like agenda like that was like proven to be true right but i also think there's some people who have like just discovered that the media is a bit shady recently yeah and are like everything is and i'm like i have a minor in sociology i literally took three different classes where we just talked about how shady the media was and like how to tell the agenda so like it's not like we all know that and it's good to question But I think there's a line between healthy questioning and going to the attitude of anyone who doesn't agree with me has never thought this through. And this is obviously the only thing. Right. Um, And where it becomes, like, you know, disparaging and, like, harmful. Like, yeah. None of that stuff And when it takes over your life. Yeah. True. Like, um, when I talk about my story, um... And kind of the theory that I'm talking about, you know, I watched a documentary on it and the amount of people who are like, well, I've gotten divorced and my kids and none of my family talk to me anymore, but it's all worth it because I know the truth. And like, that's, that's taking it too far. You are negatively impacting your own life. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, why don't we get into the history a little bit? Yeah, girl. Um, so... A lot of times people wonder, 
okay, like, where do conspiracy theories come from? Um, so in their modern form, they have been around for at least 200 years, at least. I would, you know, argue that probably even earlier than that, but they didn't have a name for it. Um, so when the United States was less than 10 years old, when New England religious leaders sounded the alarm about the Illuminati's plan to destroy the Republic, um, that was a very common one that happened pretty early on. The Illuminati is like one of my favorites just because the amount of people who every time a triangle appears in anything they're like it's the illuminati it's like, a triangle is a very common and useful shape it so. is for some people it's their favorite shape it is <laughs> ask any toddler they all know what a triangle is that doesn't mean they're in the illuminati but like with music videos mm-hmm. and their stuff it's like they make a triangle and i'm like yeah okay. <laughs> that's a choice uh, okay so then in 1831, the anti-Masonic party held their first national political convention, um, speeches that were peppered with conspiratorial rhetoric about Freemasonry. So again, you know, we're throwing in the Freemasons. Do you know any Freemasons? Personally, I don't. Do you? I do, yeah. How they doing? I mean... They really like kilts and suits. That other than that, they seem pretty normal. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Just like dress fancy for certain events, but other than that, pretty chill dude. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, before inventing the telegraph, Samuel Morse, known for Morse code, uh, gained fame by warning the Austrian emperor. Um, warning that the Austrian emperor had orchestrated a conspiracy to undermine the world's greatest Protestant republic by flooding America with Catholics. Uh, <laughs> but it's so oddly specific. I know. <laughs> but like Austria is just sending the Catholics. Like, <laughs> watch out. Um, by the end of the 19th century, free silver populists were portraying their economic plight as the result of British and often Jewish banker conspiracy. All right, here's where, you know, and and we know about this now. We know about all these conspiracies against Jewish folks. Um, And what's crazy to me is that there are some people to this day that don't believe that um what was it called uh, that concentration yeah like that didn't happen which is there's like people who survived it it's just like ugh. i mean there's people who believe the holocaust didn't happen there's people who believe that 9-11 didn't happen there's people who believe that sandy hook didn't happen it's pretty common thing that people can get into where it's like um even in the video i was watching somebody was like if the boston marathon bombing happened again i would not believe it unless i personally had my leg blown off okay so some people are very much like unless i am literally there to see it happen I will not believe it. So that's kind of where they get to with the Holocaust. They're like, well, it could have been a conspiracy. I didn't see it happening. And it's like, well, were you even in the country where it was Right. Happening? And like, why would you want to see that? <laughs> like, yeah. I just, anyway. Also, in World War One, 
uh, the idea of the international Jew, largely the creation of the fraudulent protocols of the learned elders of Zion, gave rise to a series of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that have still not run their course. You know, just like we're talking about, where they really started a lot of these really strange conspiracies and rumors <laughs> about Jewish folks. Yeah. And that still goes pretty consistently. Yeah, that's what's, like, scary is that, you know, some of these really do hold power and, and you know, exist for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of going along with that, and something that absolutely feeds these theories is that every once in a while they do turn out to be 100% accurate. Da-da-da. So some conspiracy theories that have turned out to be true. Uh, number one, MK Ultra. Very true. MK Ultra was a CIA mind control experiment. Um, and, you know, the thing about the US is they do, like, release papers every 50 years or so. So we do actually, like, things are only a secret for so long. Um, so they release reports. A lot of times they're heavily redacted. Um, but sometimes we learn about things later. So MK Ultra. That was a real thing. Yep. Um, do you have any specific knowledge on MK Ultra that you would like to share? Not necessarily, but like I can understand how, you know, how like the whole like premise of it sounded like it could have been like fabricated or like made mm-hmm. up because it's so crazy to hear about, you know, like, yeah, like they're trying mind control and putting people on all these substances like you would think like oh the government's not capable of that but i mean here we be the thing is is that the government has experimented with multiple different things to see if they were possible um you know if you've watched the movie the men who stare at goats there was a time they were trying to see if people could blow up goats with their minds like this is a literal thing that we looked into um, and I think the thing with MK Ultra, it was one of those things where some people who were involved did start talking about it, and then they were dismissed, but it turns out it was a real thing. Yep. Um, that being said, they were not successful experiments in mind control. No. Um, but they were, they did those experiments. They just drugged a bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, you put down global warming, what were you getting at with that one? I feel like there are definitely people that think global warming is a conspiracy, mm-hmm. but it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, that's a big one. That is a common um, conspiracy theory that global warming is not real, or that it is real, but it has nothing to do with um, what we're seeing. What we're seeing, like it has nothing to do with human activity, um, which I guess my personal thing is, even if global warming doesn't let's just say that was true right even if this was entirely natural like you should still try to live more sustainably and use less single-use products and like renewable energy none of that stuff would negatively impact it so that one i find like just so it's like what's even the point where they're like they're trying to destroy the oil industry and it's like well ultimately we're going to run out of oil so we should probably figure out something else. Right, absolutely. Um, and and just like, you know, the sheer amount of like scientific evidence to support that global warming is real. I mean, yeah. It's out there, folks, and Bill Nye is. gets so angry about it. Also, it's not that hard 
to use reusable cups and straws. True. And reusable. I'm using a reusable bags. straw right now as we speak. Very nice. I actually got for my birthday from my sister. Uh, the straw is being washed right now, but it's this little thing that you clip onto your purse, and it has a silicone straw right in there, and a little brush for your straw right in there. So you just clip that to your purse, take it wherever you go. You go to a restaurant, you want a straw, fine. Boom. Pop out your own reusable straw. Done. It's great. What an age we live in. Beautiful. Amazing. It's, you know, things like that are not bad. Even if global warming wasn't a thing, why do we need single-use straws? They are not the best. We have alternatives, guys. Come on. Yeah, we switched Um, over from getting bottled water to um, having those, what's it called? Those, like, for lack of a better term, water machines where you get, like, the big gallons of water and you could, like, turn it in to, like, refill it. Um, And that's been awesome. We actually installed a filter onto our kitchen sink. Smart. So we can just, because where we live, the water, it tastes terrible. Like, it's perfectly safe to drink. The tap water just isn't good. So we installed a filter onto that for everything so we don't use plastic water. Although we did actually have to replace our faucet in order to the filter, for the filter to work. So... We'll just assume that our apartment will not. We've we've actually upgraded so many things here, and I'm like, we're helping you. <laughs> yeah, we changed faucets and stuff, so it's like, well, you know. But that way, we don't have to use bottled water. We have like one gallon jug just in case of an emergency Brilliant. situation. But yeah, see, guys, sustainability. We're all for it. We're all for it. Okay, what's this Regardless next one? of your beliefs of global warming, sustainability is important. Um, a couple other ones. So, basically, during Prohibition, the U.S. government poisoned alcohol um, in an attempt to get people to stop drinking. So, what? people died. Um, I so never again, knew about The U.S. This. government has been shady. Yeah, so basically... I don't know if they really meant to kill people, but they thought that if people got sick from the alcohol, people would stop drinking because there were speakeasies. People were just kind of oh no, there are lots of people that get sick from alcohol and they keep drinking. So you know, they got violently ill. Um, The hospitals were overrun with people, and people died. And that a hundred percent was the U.S. government. Wow, Um, she right. And then a big one from. Uh, every intro to psychology class that has ever been done, the Tuskegee experiment. Um, so, for anybody who does not know, the U.S. government did an experiment um, where they said it was an experiment to treat syphilis and to help people, but what it actually was is they took a bunch of black people who had syphilis, they infected some of them, and then they pretended to be treating them when they weren't because they were actually studying the long-term effects of syphilis on a person. So they're like, we're totally treating you. But in reality, they just let a lot of people die. And the worst thing is that even, you know, you do need a control yep. in the experiments, right? But they didn't do proper scientific method and informed consent for anything they were doing. And they even 
when the experiment was over and they had, you know, had an effective cure for syphilis, they still did not step in and cure the people that had had syphilis for years. They didn't actually do anything. I think they were testing long-term effects and some cures, but they didn't give the cure to everyone at the end and just let people die of great. syphilis just that did not people. need to die. So, really great do you, move on. Do you remember who um, did the study? I don't. Okay, I was just curious. But that one, I think it was government run, though. Okay. Or government funded. Interessante. I thought, I think the government has something to do with it. I don't know. I'll, maybe I should have double checked that more. No, it's okay. But I was just curious yeah, if it was like was a university involved. or something. I'm sure there were lots involved, but I think the government was heavily involved in that one. So again, very capable of shady things. Um... Some other popular conspiracy theories, like I said, the JFK assassination, the yeah. second shooter on the grassy knoll, Lee Harvey Oswald being framed for the shooting so they could close the case quickly and avoid um, whatever was happening. That actually loops into another one I'm going to talk about, so we'll jump back to a second. Um, then, like we said, global warming is fake. It's all a sham, um, that one. There's so many different offsets to that. But then that would just be like a not believing science. But the thing that makes it a conspiracy is the step further of like the government is lying and pushing this agenda for this specific purpose and all of that. That is where um, it gets into conspiracy territory. Another that must be, like, so frustrating for, like, the government, because, like, I, I've thought about it before where it's, like, if you're, if you're telling the truth about something, it's, like, harder to prove that you're not, like, lying or being manipulative than it is mm -hmm. to, like, cover up shit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another popular one is QAnon. Are you familiar with QAnon? No. Okay, so basically QAnon... They, there's this guy who started posting on 4chan initially. It's kind of gone to different places. But he says his name is Q. He's going by Q because he has Q level security in the government. Oh, jeez. Which I don't think is how government security works. I don't know if they do letters. <laughs> Does somebody um, know? Please. <laughs> but basically he says all of these things that are Q drops is what he calls them. Um, his first ever Q drop was back in 2017 when he said that Hillary Clinton was going to get arrested for all of these crimes within, like, a very specific window, 15 minutes. Um, he's like, on this day, between, like, 9.45 and 10 a.m., Hillary Clinton will finally be arrested and blah, 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 blah. I mean, obviously she wasn't, but he kept posting and he got a bit of a following. So he's, it's tying into Pizzagate and some other conspiracies, but the basic belief of QAnon seems to be that the entire Democratic Party and most of the other government and all of Hollywood are pedophile Satanists who are, um out to destroy the world, corrupt it, get one world government, uh, take over, and that Donald Trump is going to personally save us all from human trafficking and is the only person fighting against all of this happening. Oh. So that's basically QAnon, but they specifically say that JFK, the reason that it was covered up is because JFK was also fighting 
the pedophiles and he was going to do the truth but he actually got assassinated because of that and then that's why it was covered up who the real shooter was and Lee Harvey Oswald was framed. So that's QAnon. That one is becoming very popular. It's a lot more complicated than that but you'll see a lot of um, Donald Trump memes and stuff with the hashtag save the pl or trust the plan um, something is coming. We just allegedly came out of 10 days of darkness where something happened. I'm not really sure what actually happened. The world was supposed to end. It obviously did not. Um, but that is the basis. It's a lot of Q drops saying different stuff about the global government, the one world order and that. And that actually highly ties into all of the COVID-19 conspiracy theories. Um, which also ties into QAnon. QAnon is tying into a lot of conspiracy theories right well, now, I which I find just interesting. Just even, like, the topic of, like, human trafficking and, like, you know, child, like, molestation and, like, you know, just, like, all that stuff, like, that naturally makes people so, like, uncomfortable that people are capable of doing that, that I feel like mm -hmm. that, like, breeds fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, you want to believe that the people who molest children are monsters and part of this really organized thing to steal and corrupt your children, right. and that if you keep them away from that, you'll be able to keep them safe. So that part I do understand. Mm -hmm. um, like I've mentioned, I did work in the child abuse field. I've interviewed over 200 children about their abuse, so I've heard a lot of what's actually happening from the kids themselves. One of them, like I've done one interview that had something tangentially to do with human trafficking. They do happen. We do take kids out of it. We do interview them. We do help them. It is a thing. Um, but most molestation is very different than people think it is. It's often friends and family yeah. members. And so I think a lot of it comes from, you know that and a drive to keep your children safe and a drive to understand the unpredictable just human and understandable so a lot of this it, it it starts out from a good place i really do believe that for a lot of people they want truth they want comfort um but even then if you think like with covid it's just a breeding ground for theories yeah right now absolutely um, like, I I've could barely it's... do, like, research on this topic without something related to COVID coming up. Right. It's it's really, um, it's caused QAnon to take off quite a bit. A lot of the other conspiracies have taken off quite a bit. But, I mean, there's some that the 5G towers are actually what's causing the virus is transmitted that way. I've heard that the virus isn't actually real. I've heard that uh, Pritzker is purposely sheltering in place to tank the economy so that he can get a bailout from the government and that he wants all the small businesses to close so bigger businesses can take over. I That's the governor of Illinois for anybody who lives somewhere else and doesn't know that. I've heard that Bill Gates and the Chinese government are collaborating in order to depopulate the earth and that the vaccine is actually the mark of the beast. Okay. Um, which every couple years there's something new that's the mark of the beast. So, I, like, there's so many different things. Um, I would also just like to let it be known, pro tip to anybody who is getting distressed at the amount of information being thrown at you, on Facebook, if you have friends, family members, loved ones who are exploring all of this, 
um, you can mute them yeah. on Facebook so you do not see anything that they post for 30 days. So that's always an option. Disconnect from social media if you need to because all of this stuff can be really distressing. Absolutely. Um, and it's an emotional thing. And obviously we're not against questioning things. No. But question things, I think, and use your critical thinking skills and your cognitive abilities you to check your think... sources to check... Right. And you can't think critically if you're already in fight or flight mode. Like, that's like the biggest thing. Like, if you're continuing to read things as you're really scared, you're not able to think critically. Right. And like, if you see a meme, double check the information. Yep. Memes are not, they're entertainment. They're not necessarily meant to be informative. I so... can make a meme right now and it could be based on total bullshit. Right. So, Lauren's pigs caused COVID. Gigi's trying to take over the world. We could take that and spread it. Dude, and it I can't tell really you, far. like, this is so, like, frustrating to me. So, when I found out that I had, you know, the autoimmune disorder that I have, I had mm -hmm. several people ask me if it was related to my pigs. Really? Like, no, they didn't affect my blood. That, no... <laughs> That's not how that works. Your pigs have just made your blood hella thick. Hella thick. Two C's. That's, that's <laughs> what they're doing. And that's even like conspiracy theories. That's what I'm about saying. I'm just chronic like. Chronic illness. Oh my God. The amount, you know, I've been chronically ill. I started getting sick when I was like 12. So I've been sick for most of my life. It. You know, I've seen tons of doctors. I've had multiple different diagnoses. Honestly, what it seems to be is just that my body's just kind of shitty. Same. That really is what it comes down to. It's part nervous. It's part skeletal, muscular. But it's just like everybody, there's so many conspiracy theories about chronic illness. And like I've heard that I'm sick because the government is using GMOs to try to make us all sicker so we're dependent on them. I've heard that I'm sick because of gluten, because of Roundup, because of all of these different things. Um, my personal favorite is the amount of people who tell me that I should drink more water mm -hmm. and I will be fine. Yeah. Um, you know how there was a whole hashtag going around where it was like dad bod? Mm -hmm. We should start one that's just like hashtag shit bod <laughs> hashtag shit bod right so it's just like it's there's conspiracy theories about everything all the time i know it's very and, frustrating you know just it's good to double check things it's good to question things right you have to figure out what you believe and you have to figure out what's true and not true and the thing is especially with covid we are constantly getting so much conflicting information about what's going on and there's lots of different ways you can think about it there's lots of different conclusions you can come to yep. and ultimately you know people do have an agenda but I also think that most of the conflicting information is coming from the fact that we just don't know, so everyone is positing theories that kind of fit within for sure their agenda, but ultimately it's a new virus, guys. We have no idea. We don't know 
you know, now right. there's some research suggesting that it's not even a respiratory illness, that it's actually a vascular illness. And so it's like, we just don't know. And when new scary things happen, it's unpredictable. It's a virus. Exactly. Viruses are not a partisan thing. It's not a political thing, in my opinion. That is the conclusion <laughs> I've come to after Same. reading lots of different research. But there's also this us versus them and, like, we know the truth and all of these dynamics that are really coming out strongly right, right now. And a lot of just, like, psychological, like, um, I don't know the name for it, but just, like, psychological factors that, you know, we're going to be talking about today, actually, that it you really see it. come into play. It is interesting. And that's why I wanted to do this topic at this time. Just because I feel like we're getting inundated with conspiracy theories about COVID. Because it's like, this is the government doing it. Bill Gates wants to depopulate the earth. All of these things. And it's like, you know. There might be some other options. We'll just throw them at you. And, and we're not they're... saying, like, you know, if, like, years later it comes out that, like, Bill Gates actually is, like, evil <laughs> like, doing all this stuff. Like, we're not all knowing. We're not going to pretend to be. Um, we're not planning to, like, debunk conspiracies. We're just talking about them and talking about the human condition. Right. And the thing is, we're not judging people who believe this. Stuff. Yeah. I understand how you can come to believe different things. And everybody on earth has beliefs that don't make sense um or that aren't true because i'm sure i have beliefs where people are like lauren like that's dumb you know but here we are and i think ultimately you have to decide to yourself what feels right and with you know covid we're gonna disagree because we don't know and there's also a lot of different conspiracies some of which i believe are much more believable, such as that certain countries did not give accurate numbers about what was happening, and now it's coming out that some of those numbers aren't accurate. And it's like, right, that's a government thing that makes a lot of sense, that logically, like, there's a clear-cut reason you can understand why, you know, governments would fudge the numbers, would not count certain things, would change it to skew it to make it look like it wasn't as bad. Or that it was worse. Like, you can kind of understand why people would do that, but certain things such as, like, forging records to increase the number of COVID deaths and, like, some people are saying that if you get hit by a car after a COVID diagnosis, they'll count it as a COVID death, which I don't think that that is true. I just, I have no idea. (laughs) It's spooky times, friends. It's very spooky times, and just think about the idea that every single nurse and doctor in the world is all in on this. Like, no, trust me, like, I work with nurses and doctors, and they're all as, like, flabbergasted as we are. Right, and so it's just like, look at your information, use your critical thinking, but ultimately decide for yourself what you believe, and if that's not what we believe or not what other people believe, that's totally fine it's your life it's your experience and you're going off everyone's going off of the evidence that they have yep so well why don't we get into the psychological piece of conspirators there's a lot in here so and i know we're on a bit of a time crunch today so let's get to it so let's go um so yesterday i casually read a meta-analysis of the psychological research that's out there so that was i think i read that too (laughs) 
<laughs> so it was done in 2019, actually, um, by Goris and Boracek. And um, they did a systemic review and meta-analysis of the research that's out there about conspiracy beliefs. Um, and in their research, um, they actually looked at very, you know, a bunch of different questionnaires that are out there. I didn't realize that there are so many questionnaires about this. Um, yeah. There's a generic conspiracist belief scale. Um, there's one item conspiracy measure. Um, endorsement of specific conspiracy theories, theories, um, belief in commercial conspiracy theory inventory. Like there's so many, I had no idea. Anyway, so what they found in their research is that conspiracies appear to appeal to those who feel disconnected from society, uh, who are typically unhappy or dissatisfied with their circumstances, who possess a subjective worldview that includes unusual beliefs, experiences, and thoughts that do not feel in control of their life. Um, the endorsement of them challenges existing power structures in society. And then furthermore, those higher levels of clinically relevant traits such as paranoid thought and schizotypical endorse uh, endorse the conspiracy theories conceptually for a comprehensive understanding of the causes of conspiracy beliefs interaction of predictors should be investigated so they start talking about you know different disorders one being anomia um, it combines elements of social dominance orientation powerlessness need for cognitive closure and distrust um, so basically what they're describing in this study is, you know, the typical people that are really going to buy into conspiracies and into, you know, to the scale that we were describing before where like it's impacting their life. Um, so these are people who, you know, just like the study says, feel really disconnected from society. Um, they want to feel more powerful and more in control of, you know, just things in their life. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's also While something... you read, while you read this, I'm just going to check the page. Okay. Check on the piggies. <laughs> Tell them I say hi. So the, there's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. And the Dunning-Kruger effect, it's a cognitive bias, so it's like an error in thinking where people wrongly overestimate their knowledge or ability in a specific area. So this is really interesting, and it kind of shows, if you're familiar with imposter syndrome, a what the Dunning-Kruger effect has shown is that people who have a pretty high level of knowledge in an area underestimate how much they actually know. And end up with imposter syndrome, where they feel like they're not really an expert. Which, if you think about it, makes sense. Because if you know a lot about a topic, then you know how much there is to know about the topic. And you probably feel like you know a relatively small amount. Like, in the field of psychology, I know a decent amount, but there's so much more. There's so many things that I have no idea about. Versus people with a low knowledge on the subject, they tend to overestimate how much they actually know so just like to bring it back to 
the psychology example I gave, think about how many people after a Psych 101 class, like, start diagnosing their friends and family members and thinking that they know everything about the topic, right? So people with a pretty low level of knowledge overestimate, they tend to think that they know everything, that they really have a good grasp, but people who have a higher level of knowledge on a topic underestimate how much they actually know. Um, and this all has to do with metacognition. Metacognition is thinking about thinking, and it's kind of the ability to analyze your own thoughts or performance, um, which is like a direct quote from this Psychology Today article on the basics of the Dunning-Kruger effect. Those with limited knowledge in this domain suffer a dual burden. Not only do they realize mistaken conclusions and make regrettable errors, but their incompetence robs them of the ability to re realize it. So pretty harsh quote there. Um, but basically people just, they don't necessarily understand it fully, so they draw conclusions which are often not correct, but they don't know enough about the topic to actually grasp that their conclusions are incorrect, so they really believe in them. Um, so if you think about it, people, you know, with conspiracy theories, they get small amounts of the knowledge, so they think they know everything that's happening. They put the pieces together in a way that makes sense to them, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily have, like, the understanding. There's so much unknown that's going on, so they assume that they know the whole picture, but in reality they only know a small amount. If you think about the inner workings of the government, let's say, you know, bring it back to QAnon, even if Q is like a real person and he's really in the government dropping secrets. He's one person with one perspective mm -hmm. in the entire global government that they're talking about. They could so, be a, the one person could be a person who's mentally ill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe it's someone who works for the government and also hallucinates. We really yeah. don't know, right? Like we don't know if they actually work for the government. We don't know all of these things and people have deeply analyzed it. Um, if you want to learn more about it, go on Reddit. You'll learn everything. I did a deep dive of this one. It was bizarre to say the least and really, really fascinating. But like there's so much of even if all of this was true, which is highly questionable, the conclusions that are being drawn from the things the one person is saying are still really overreaching, where it's like, well, one person says this, therefore the entire government of every single country in the world is in on it and all believes this. So even if that part is true, like, even if Bill Gates does want to depopulate the earth via a COVID vaccine that he's helping develop, he's still only one person. Even if some of this stuff is true, that doesn't mean the far-reaching conclusions would be. Right. But Dunning-Kruger effects, like, you have a very small amount of information on COVID. You have a small amount of information on the inner workings of the government, but you assume that you know everything based off of your small information. Right. Cool. And the information is questionable to begin with. All right, let's get into confirmation bias. Um, so this occurs from the direct influence or desire on beliefs. So when people would like a certain idea or concept to be true, they end up believing it to be true. So they're pretty much motivated by wishful thinking. Um, this error leads the individual to stop gathering information when the evidence gathered so far confirms the views or prejudices one would like to be true. Um, so once we have formed a view, we embrace information that comes 
that confirms that view while ignoring or rejecting information that casts doubt on it. Confirmation bias suggests that we don't perceive circumstances objectively. We pick out those bits of data that make us feel good because they confirm our prejudices. Thus, we may become prisoners of our own assumptions. Um, Confirmation bias is typically found in anxious individuals. Um, and they view the world as dangerous. So, a, a, for example, a person with low self-esteem is highly sensitive to being ignored by other people, and they constant, constantly monitor for signs that people may not like that. So, if you're worried that someone is annoyed with you, you are biased toward all the negative information about how the person acts towards you. You interpret neutral behavior as indicative of something negative. Um, and, you know, I think that's something that we all experience where, you know, we kind of seek out, you know, things that align with our own beliefs or our own experiences. I mean, even think about how the impact confirmation has on people who are racist. So if they already hold negative beliefs about a person of a particular race and then they happen to have a negative interaction with a person of that race, they're like, see, they're all bad. Right. They take that and they overgeneralize, right? Even though yep. in reality they were already racist and were perhaps being very rude to the person and that could have actually <laughs> caused the interaction, right? Right. But, like, you don't see it that way. It's a confirmation bias because it, like, it backs their views. And so they're like, see, I'm right. They're not actually looking to figure it out. It's like, I believe this, therefore it's true. And so they'll ignore any evidence. It's fascinating. Exactly. And and it's so true, especially with, um, you know, I have clients with a lot of complex trauma. And usually, you know, what they kind of described in the article I read of, you know, viewing something neutral as a negative um, is something that a lot of people do where they kind of, interpret like a lack of you know stimuli or a neutral expression as something negative based on their own experiences right i always say we filter everything for through our own beliefs and our own insecurities and that's how we interpret it yep and that's why people hate cognitive behavioral therapy so much yes because it's just like let's face the fact that this is wrong and it's like so deeply held that they're like no everyone does hate me megan i'm like do they no. it's a let's whole look thing. at the evidence <laughs> yeah let's look at the evidence as soon as you like look at the evidence everyone's like <sighs> but then it, it works right because yep. we're ignoring evidence everybody ignores evidence all the time so we're definitely using some more extreme examples but like think about every single time that you just like assume that you're gonna get fired because your boss wants to talk yep. to you or every time you get an email and you assume that it's negative and then you're ignoring the fact that overwhelmingly most of the emails are positive and even the negative emails are like not that bad but you just yep. assume that it's like you know it's that ty- that type of stuff too yep um so i read a study and it felt like we were in the lab again. I know, I miss that. So nice. I read this study, although I often did not like the studies that he chose. But I like reading studies in general. I do too. But I read this one. It was by Karen Douglas, Robbie M. Sutton, and Alexandra C. I have no idea how to pronounce her last name. I am sorry, Chichaka. Alexandra. <laughs> Chikaka? Chikaka. Chikaka, possibly. Possibly. But they did an entire study on the psychological factors behind 
believing in conspiracy theories, and I was like, well, that's exactly what we're doing, so thank yep. you for doing all of the research for <laughs> thank me. Thank you for your research. Compiling it in one tiny little bow is great. So, basically, they just go through different categories of motivation for believing in conspiracy theorists, and they're talking about actual studies where people were fed false beliefs and different stuff like that. So basically, well-functioning people pretty much often have false beliefs, is what we were saying. It's not just, like, extreme people. So even, like, unnecessary optimism about the future might be a false belief. Telling yourself everything's gonna be okay, it's all gonna work out, may or may not actually be true. You can't predict the future, you don't know, but that's helpful. But it is kind of a false belief if you're telling yourself the outcome of something. It's very helpful, it's a good thing to do, to be like, yeah, it's gonna be fine, everything's gonna work out. But who knows? So that's like a false belief that like most people have at some point or like kind of one that's not as negative. But then you move into the motivation for false beliefs and specifically like conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So there's epistemic motives, um, which basically talk about having curiosity when information is unavailable, reducing uncertainty and bewilderment when available information is conflicting, and finding meaning when events seem random, and defending beliefs from disconfirmation. So think about how that relates to COVID, right? Like, reducing uncertainty and satiating, you know, curiosity when information isn't available, right? You're coming up with conclusions because it's unavailable. Then there's confusion because it's conflicting and you're trying to find meaning in, like, this random event of a pandemic. So you're likely, that's kind of where some of that can come from. That combination of things, we just kind of have the perfect systemic factors for conspiracy theories to grow and thrive right now. Yep. Um, in addition, there's existential motives. So they make people feel safer. Um, you know, if you're looking the world as dangerous and untrustworthy individuals... But with conspiracies, you recognize who they are. And so there is kind of that power where, like, there's a bit of control if you feel like you know who all the bad people are and what specific threats they're holding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's like, oh, it's this government, it's this political party, it's this group of people. They are the bad guys. This is what they want to do. This is how I'm going to protect myself. Therefore, nothing bad is going to happen. Right. Um, and then people are likely to turn to conspiracy theories when they are anxious and feel powerless makes sense but experimental exposure to conspiracy theories suppresses people's sense of autonomy and control so it actually doesn't work in studies where they're like it actually makes them feel less like they're in control because if you think about it it's a false sense of control it's a false sense of control like you feel like you're in control because you know what's going to happen, because you've figured out the truth. But at the same time, if the truth is that every single world government is constantly conspiring against us, and it's this whole message, and they're all human traffickers, and they're all Satanists and terrible people, what can you actually do about that? Nothing. Like, as a person, if every single thing above you is bad, that takes away your sense of control. Um... And so it's it's kind of an interesting thing, but existentially, it's like trying to figure out the universe. Yep. And then there's social mor- motives as well that people have that, you know, it's the self and the in-group um, 
it's validating the self and the people who know the truth, the people who believe it, the people who are in the group, and allow by allowing blame for negative outcomes on others. So again, if you're looking at some of the big governmental conspiracies, it's like, we're safe because we know the truth, but if anything happens, it's the government's fault. Right. If anything bad happens, it's not on us, it's on them. So it really creates an us-versus-them mentality. Mm -hmm. um, but it can help people feel better because they're in the social group that knows the truth. Like, they're the ones that get it. Um, so it really helps uphold the image of the self in the in-group as competent and moral, but as sabotaged by powerful and unscrupulous others. So it's like, we're the good ones, but everyone's against us, and that's why this happens. Um, it's like conspiracy theories are, you know, particularly appealing to people who find the positive image of their self or in-group to be threatened. So it's really fascinating just like looking at them because it all makes so much sense. And I think the thing is as outlandish as some theories can feel when you first learn about them, mm -hmm. if you look more at how people end up there, it does make a lot of sense when you look. It's the same thing with cults. A lot of times it doesn't start with the craziest stuff. Right. It goes a little bit at a time, and people tend to go deeper and deeper and deeper into it over time. It's a process, and looking at the factors that we just listed, like all of the motivations for it and all of the benefits people can gain from it, you can understand, or at least I can understand, how it happens. For sure. Totally. Alright, um, so here are some more psych factors. So um, there's another term called fundamental attribution error. And that's our tendency to prefer dispositional explanations to situational ones. So when we observe an event happening, we are much more likely to attribute it to some intentional internal motive than to circumstance and happenstance. You know, it's easier to believe. Um, there's also belief perseverance, um, and that refers to the fact that we seek to maintain our beliefs even after the information that we originally gave rise it to be refuted. So once we're set in our beliefs, evidence to the contrary will be dismissed actively. Also known as fake news. <laughs> fake news. <laughs> Honestly though, and this is just one note on fake news, and this is me getting on a bit of a soapbox. So this is a Megan Baker so in personal belief. The 24-hour news cycle has caused fake news. Yep. Because it didn't used to be like that. It used to be there was just like one hour of news and they cover what was actually happening. But now that it's 24 hours and there's all these new channels, they have to make up a bunch of bullshit and like put on pundits and make it really, really weird to the point where it's not even the news anymore. So, tangent on fake news. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally it's no one needs the news 24 7 it's not helpful it's not helpful at all like it's just not because you can't there's not that much to focus on that's genuine news and then you got a lot of like this is my opinion or these people are bad and it's like this is not the news just tell me what happens today yeah i just want to know what happens well, i don't want to know your opinions i just want to know the facts here well right and like with belief perseverance um that kind of goes goes along with something called uh i can't remember what it's called it's like 
sunken cost fallacy. The sunken cost fallacy. Yeah, where, um, you know, even if you get information that, like, something isn't true or, like, it's not working out because people tend to like dig their heels in and just like stick with their beliefs like it doesn't matter what evidence is presented to them um because they want to make their belief system work so strongly Mm -hmm. um so again so ironically once we settle on a belief however diluted or implausible this psychology today is a little judgy (laughs) Um, Psychology Today authors get real sassy They get real sassy. Um, um, So we're highly likely to seek and believe information that supports it. So, for example, um, let's say somebody believes that the Earth is flat. Um, Because we're highly likely to seek and believe information that supports it, such as, oh, the Earth looks flat to me, um, it rejects any data to the contrary, however plausible, as false malevolent or diluted um and an example of that would be like the science all scientists are lying or they are liars so our desire to be uniquely knowledgeable to possess knowledge that others don't is another factor so knowledge is power and we all prefer feeling powerful to powerless um it's gratifying and empowering for us particularly when the complexity and uncertainty of life feels overwhelming conspiracy theories actually supply a seductive ego boost Um, believers often consider themselves a part of a select in-group unlike the deluded masses and that we have figured out what's really going on they're not the sheeple not the sheeple (laughs) and and that's and i mean it is it's so interesting how much like all of our research is saying so many of the same things about it and again like we are not talking shit about people who believe any of this because we understand how it can happen and we're not saying like i don't know bill gates i've never spoken to him i don't know if he has some nefarious agenda like those are the types of things it's so much of this it's actually unknown these are just like explanations people are coming up with that are taking off and the thing about a lot of this is it becomes us versus them. It's like we're smarter than these other people because we know the truth. And then you get a lot of the like, well, you need to question it because the assumption is anyone who questions it will come to the same conclusion you have. Although a lot of people question things and come to very different conclusions. So, and a lot of this, there is no way to disprove most of them. But in my theory, it is disproven a hundred percent let's get into it what are you talking about i'm talking about the flat earthers um so we're gonna talk a little bit about what the theory is because it is more complicated than the earth is flat and then we're going to talk about the people and i watched the documentary on netflix which i did not put the title of Where's this documentary? Let me find the name of it. I think it's Beyond the Curve. Oh, okay. Yeah. It is Beyond the Curve. It was made in 2018. It is amazing. Please all watch it. It's available on Netflix. So, basically, the leading flat earther theory holds that the earth is a disk. 
So we're on a flat, we're on a disc, and the Arctic Circle is in a 150-foot wall of ice that is around the rim of the disc that we're on that, like, keeps everything in. Oh. So that is the Arctic. It is a circle that surrounds us. So that is, like, the basis of the belief. That is the most popular one. Um, they say NASA employees, they say, guard the ice wall to prevent people from climbing over and falling off of the Earth. Um, Great. So there is this guy, Nathan Thompson, and they actually show this clip in the documentary Beyond the Curve. So he actually was in Starbucks and there was a NASA employee there, like, wearing their name badge. Mm -hmm. And he confronted that person and was screaming at them about why they hate Americans and are lying to us. And then he was escorted out of the Starbucks. Naturally, yeah. As as happens when you start yelling people, um, saying that an astronaut drowning was proof and all this other stuff. So kind of just some more knowledge about the theory itself. They say that the day and night cycle is explained by positing that the sun and moon are spheres. They are 32 miles spheres that move in circles of 3,000 miles above the plane of the Earth. So we're a disk, there's two spheres, and they just rotate around the circle. Um, Okay. The celestial spheres, like spotlights, illuminate different portions of the planet in a 24-hour cycle, and flat earthers believe that there is an invisible anti-moon that obscures the moon during lunar eclipses. Sounds Um, metal. In addition, gravity is an illusion. So objects do not accelerate downward, the earth accelerates upwards. Oh. Driven by a mysterious force called dark energy. So, (laughs) right? Dark energy is pushing the Earth upwards all the time. So that is fascinating. Um, Flat Earthers believe that the photos of the globe are photoshopped. GPS devices are rigged to make airplanes think that they're flying in straight lines um, when they're actually flying in circles above the disks. And, yeah, so that explains that. And, um... The motive for the world's government concealment of the true shape of the Earth is not ascertained. They don't posit any reason why we're doing this. Um, But some people believe it's financial, so, like, creating a fake space program is less expensive. So, they just faked it. Um, Okay. So now get into this documentary. So there's kind of the beliefs is a bit more complicated than the Earth is flat. They have done more science behind it. Um... So flat Earth was a common belief a really long time ago, and then we proved the Earth was a sphere, and now we're back to flat Earth, apparently. Okay. Um, also, the moon landing was faked. That's often a part. Is of Is that this part as well. of it? In often, okay. yes. So, one of the guys in the documentary, his name is um, Mark Sargent, flat out says. Once you get to a certain level of education, you cannot be a flat earther because the educational system owns you and won't let you speak out about the truth. So that's their explanation for the fact that no scientists have come out as flat earthers, no professors. Like, they're like, once you hit a point, you cannot. Um, But what fascinates me is one of the people in the documentary describes 
flat earth as the center of the spider web of conspiracy theories as like it's connected to so many of them ah that it's fascinating so almost nobody in the flat earther movement that was shown in the documentary just believes in the flat earth okay they believe in lots of other ones too so it's like a spider web that keeps living in other things um the interesting thing is that there's actually a very divided split in the flat earth community of two different theories okay and the rivalry is heating up so some people believe that the earth has a dome over it Mm. a la the truman show so like there's a dome it's a sound stage some people believe in the dome some people believe in the infinite plane so okay. that we're just on a flat and that's there's nothing above us. And it's like, it's really, really heated debate. Okay. In addition, this is where it's so intense. So there's this guy, Matt, and then there's Mark Sargent. Mm-hmm. And Matt started a lot of original videos, but wouldn't do interviews. Okay. And Mark was one of the only people who knew Matt's phone number. So he would get a lot contacted to try to get Matt to do interviews. But then, Matt didn't want to, they asked Mark to do interviews, so Mark became a very popular figurehead in the Flat Earth movement. Alright. So Matt has come out with a lot of videos saying that Mark is a secret government plant within the movement. So now there's a lot of in-group conspiracy theories, which, really it's really expanded. Um, so, Matt... says his um it's so fascinating so his demands to appear in the film stipulated that he received five thousand dollars twelve percent of profits full creative control a guaranteed he would be featured in 25 to 50 percent of the film and that the documentary supported his unverified claim that mark Sargent is secretly a warner brothers executive using an alias So that's the new thing that Mark Sargent secretly works for the Warner Brothers. Oh. No explanation as to what Warner Brothers has to do with it. But again, it expands (laughs) to, like, media control. It expands to governmental control. Um, And Matt says that there's 450 years of science saying that the Earth is a globe. And so they can't back down now, which is why they're pretending that it's a globe, even though they know it's flat. Okay. And so, then, there's even, and Mark Sargent does a lot of YouTube videos, um, and does a lot of other things. So, basically, um, they show a meeting of Flat Earthers, and they're all listing who they think is the conspirator behind this. So, things that were mentioned were the Jews. Okay. The Jesuits. Okay. The Masons, the Vatican, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and oddly enough, trans people. What? (laughs) Um, That it's part of the media that, quote, is trying to turn them girls into boys and them boys into girls. Wow. That's, uh, okay. It's so interesting because it's such a deeply held belief that the earth is flat and it's part of a big conspiracy, but there is absolutely no agreement on who is responsible 
why they're trying to hide the fact that the Earth is flat. Like, at least in most other conspiracy theories, there is a really clear-cut, like, everybody's a pedophile and Donald Trump is gonna save us. At least you know who the bad guys and who the good sure. guys are. Like, you right. have some cohesive ideas. Right. But within Flat Earth, it's like, everyone's to blame, everyone is bad. Um, somebody said the only person they trust is themselves. They do not trust anybody else. They do not trust any evidence they haven't personally seen. Um, so it really goes, even um, Patricia, who is a woman that does videos with Mark Sargent, um, there's now conspiracies about her. Okay. Because her name is Patricia, so the last three letters of her name are CIA, which indicates that she is a um, CIA plant to pr in the Flat Earth movement. Wow. That's right? a stretch. So they also said that she's a reptilian overlord. So a Ooh. lizard person. So we're looping Great. into lizard people now. Yeah, we um, are. And that since the CIA can fake anything, she's released her birth certificate, she's shown childhood photos, but they're like, the CIA can prove anything. I mean, so, okay. <laughs> Nothing. And that's kind of the problem with conspiracy theories, is if you start from the idea that no one, that, like, all of the media is wrong, that every piece of information you get is incorrect, right. there is nothing that can be done to prove that you're wrong, because you're starting yeah. from the idea that no one can be trusted except for yourself, so there's no way you can disprove it. Um, and she was even saying you know, with all these people making theories about me, she's like, it almost makes me question the things that I believe in. Oh, that's sad. And then she just goes, but I know I'm not like that and that the flat earth is real. But she also, she's the one who said she wouldn't believe the bombing unless her leg got blown off. Wow. That she believes the government is out to get us, that she thinks there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll. Like, she was listing a ton of conspiracies she believes in, so she's very deep in it. And she's like, well, people making the same conspiracies about me almost makes me question, but it doesn't. So even that, when you're seeing, like, you know that you're not a CIA plant, but you're seeing all of the theories about you, and it's still not making you question the movement that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting, like, they had a Flat Earth convention. They had this whole thing, and you really see people. One of the most interesting things is there's a group that was doing experiments in the video to prove that the earth was flat. And so they did five different experiments that proved that the earth is round, is what actually happened. Is they're like, we have this fancy device, and if the earth was round, it would show a movement of 15 degrees per hour. And they're like, well, it showed 15 degrees per hour. But they're like, that must be interference from the dome over it. So we'll put it in this thing and we'll put it in this thing. And they kept trying to put it in like protective jars and do all of this stuff. And, and then they did a different experiment. Every single one proved that the earth was round. Oh. But they still did not believe it. Yeah. They're like, there must be an error. There must be something. So the flat earth is one you just see so many psychological factors coming out. Yeah, where it's I was like, going to say, I'm trying to remember which one that was. I think that was uh, belief perseverance. It's belief perseverance. There is no evidence, and that's why these things take off, right? Because they're the flat earthers. They're the people who know the truth. We don't know the truth. They know the truth, so they're better. Like, they know everything. 
But the interesting thing about this is there's not a good explanation of why. Like, what anybody is benefiting from hiding the shape of the Earth. Right. And it's so interesting, because even though there's so much confusion, even though there's group infighting, and even though nobody can agree on who's doing this, why they're doing it, what it is, Mm -hmm. it's such a deeply held belief, and it's part of so many other theories and it's it they're so deep nothing will change it right and you know they're doing the experiments and they're like well it must be an error i don't know that's weird i don't know what's happening this must we'll do it again a different day there's wind there's water there's a reflection like they're just throwing all of this stuff at it because it's Uh so deeply held And the thing is, ultimately, when you look at those motivations for people, it becomes an identity. Yeah. Because you're one of the people that knows the truth. It's like, you're the chosen people. You're important. You get it. Nothing can harm you because you get it. And it becomes part of your identity. And that's, I think, why people are so resistant. Because it's like, these people, a lot of them, like, they have flat earther license plates. Like, vanity plates that say. They're wearing t-shirts that say they're a flat earther. They're not like, I'm a person who happens to believe this. It's like, I am a flat earther. I'm going to make everyone find the truth. Like, it's so deep where it's like, I'm going to change things. I'm going to fix it. It's who I am. I'm helping. Right. It's part of their identity construct. And the thing is, I do believe that they genuinely think that they're making a positive influence on the world. Like, they genuinely are trying to help. And that's something to remember is even if you disagree, even if you do all your research and you come to a different conclusion, you know, people are trying to help and people are doing what they think is right. Exactly. But also remember that sometimes if people are so deep into it, you cannot change their mind. It's a, it was a process for them to get there and it's a process for them to change their mind. Thousand percent. Totally agree. That is some information on the flat earth movement and all of these sub conspiracy theories within it which there are so many more but we don't have the time all right well now into mine okay i love yours i do too and i have a very important point that i will get to okay when you get to to hear it certain things okay so my conspiracy theory is that mattress stores are actually money laundering businesses. <laughs> Let's just start this right off the bat. Lauren, do you believe this theory? I kind of do. I kind of do as well. And this is something that we've actually been saying for years. So Yes. I there's some there's some things I've seen that I am a bit Maybe not all mattress stores, but I'm a bit suspicious. I am as well. Okay. So, (laughs) the biggest thing that, you know, everybody talks about with this conspiracy is that you never see anyone in them. Um, The second thing that everyone talks about is the fact that sometimes, like, there are mattress stores directly across the street from each other. Like, the amount of mattress stores in one area is very disturbing sometimes. It is. Um, So, I'm just, I'm finding some information for your knowledge, so. Okay. So, I mean, okay, so that's, you know, we've all kind of noticed that, right? What really started this, um, you know, started people talking about this, at least, is 
Um, someone on Reddit started a thread that was, what conspiracy theory do you 100% buy into? And what ended up happening is there was somebody who wrote in, and their screen name was Gemini27, and they started talking about, um, you know, mattress stores are actually money laundering businesses, but specifically mattress firm. Um, So the points that they made were, you know, the multiple stores, um, you know, having multiple stores equals more places to shuffle money between and more sources for fake money to appear. Um, they're close together, making land cheap in that area, and they only need to bribe one council if they want to do anything dodgy or they can share assets between sites, particularly if they don't do a lot of real business, which requires it. They may not be able to do things like get cheaper land rent if they only have to maintain one of the sites in full working order. For example, if none of the plumbing has to work at one site, as long as the employees can technically access the other close by the site, um, or only one of the sites is used for backroom business storage and other sites backrooms are used for dot, 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 other things. So these, these are the points that they brought up and people went crazy. Like, yes, like that makes sense. Totally believe that. Um, But that's not all that happened. So basically, um, I was actually listening to a really good podcast on NPR called The Indicator from Planet Money. And what they found in their research was that um, five years, I guess it would be more than that now. It would be like seven years ago. There were only 700 mattress firms. But in 2018, there were 3,000 300 mattress firms in the U.S. So that's as many mattress firms as there are Starbucks. But again, like you never see people in them. Mm -hmm. Um, The other point that they brought up that was a little bit sketch, but I mean, if you think about it, not too sketch, is the the fact that they mark up mattresses 100%. So based on the markup, if they sell a couple mattresses a day, it makes it worth it. That's, That's their logic behind it is, you know, we have to mark it up that high so that way, you know, we don't have to sell as many mattresses. Um, Another thing that happened was Mattress Firm had a bankruptcy in 2018. Um, So it was, again, really weird that, like, they bought all these mattress firms and then ended up being in bankruptcy. Like, why did you do that? That obviously wasn't a good business decision. Um, In 2014... They tried to buy out. So this is what they found after some digging, you know, specifically um, the research that this podcast did. Um, But basically, in 2014, they had this business model where they tried to buy out all of the competition to the point where they didn't care even where it was located. So sometimes even across the street. Um, so that kind of explains that it's not like a very smart business move, but like, I guess I can kind of understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so due to this, what ended up happening is they replaced all these places with mattress firm and, uh, essentially due to this, it put them in massive debt, hence the bankruptcy. Okay. Got it. That all makes sense. In 2017, 
um, two employees were actually found to be getting kickbacks from signing up locations that were more expensive than necessary. Hmm. So, okay, that's kind of sketch. Um, and then the thing that happened was there is a company called Steinhoff. And what they did is they bought Mattress Firm and paid $3.8 billion for all the mattress firms. So double the market price. Hmm. Um, and after that happened, they actually became under investigation for fraud. So toward the end of 2018, Steinhoff restocked the price Oh, wait. So, in 2018, Steinhoff's stock price tanked as much as 62% in one day. One day. Wow. Wiping out $15, million, $15 billion of its market value. The company postponed publishing its full-year accounts, citing accounting irregularities, and its two top executives and chairmen have resigned. Hmm. So, I mean... One, I feel like, you know, the thing that the Redditor kind of made points about is interesting and interesting to kind of think about, about like how this would work as like a money laundering scheme. But it almost seems based on the research that, um, you know, this podcast did and just the research that I've done is that, you know, perhaps Mattress Firm like wasn't into any sort of like sketchy business. Um, but that they just had a really poor, like, business strategy and business model to basically buy up all, like, the other local competition and ended up in bankruptcy. Like, obviously, it didn't work out. But this Steinhoff's place, um, it does make me wonder if they are possibly doing sketchy things with money and kind of using the um, mattress firm stores as a shell company. Mm-hmm. Well, so. at one point in time at the corner of Roselle and Gulf Road in Schaumburg, there were six mattress firms at that intersection and two yep. other mattress stores. Yep. So, and they were there for years. Like, it wasn't just like, a, oh, they're mattress firms and they're gone. They were there for years. And like, People need mattresses, but, like, you don't need to buy them very often. Right. Like, you don't need mattresses as much as you need Starbucks. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. And so whether or not... They, I mean, and the other thing is, I feel like corporate conspiracy theories, I feel like they're more likely to be true because big corporations have a long history of doing shady stuff and, like, money laundering is pretty common. Oh, absolutely. I think it's more common than we realize. And... You know, it's one of those things where I feel like because, like, I watched Ozark, I was like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. This makes so much sense. And so that's a fascinating one. And that's the thing to remember is just because something is a conspiracy theory, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. It means that you're theorizing that there is some greater conspiracy. Right. And it's it's one of those things where, like, okay, let's say, um, you know, it's not like a full out money laundering business. Right. There could be some fraudulent behavior that's in there that isn't mm. full out money laundering. Right. You know what I there mean? Could like be something shady going on because 
I mean, Schomburg is a bigger place, but it is not a place that needs seven mattress stores at one intersection. That is completely ludicrous. It's weird. Have you ever been inside a mattress firm? I haven't. And, like, that's, like, the thing is, like, I'm trying to even think when I last got a mattress. I've been in a mattress firm in the last few years, and, like, they seemed weirded out that the guy was, like, really pushy, so we left, but the mattresses were, like, way too expensive, so we ended up buying a mattress at Menards. I was gonna say, like, I feel like I didn't even go to, like, a mattress store to get mine. Mm Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know, and, like, I guess a resource that I could reach out to is... Nick has a friend who used to deliver mattresses. I'd be oh, interested yeah. to pick yeah, his brain. You should ask him. Get that inside scoop. We'll investigate the mattress. Industry. But yeah, he used to tell us some really disgusting stories about like having to like remove and replace mattresses. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's in and of itself pretty interesting. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do have a conspiracy theory that's similar to this. Um, mm-hmm. You know those, like, like furniture stores? I'm trying to remember what their names are. It might be called, like, something with a D. The Dump? It, no. Because there's one that's called The Dump, and that makes me laugh every time I see it. No, it's, like, it's like very, like, uh, fancy, like, okay. expensive... Uh, something with a D. Like, there's one in Algonquin by the Best Buy. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but anyway, like, every time we passed by there, like, no one was ever there. Like, no one bought stuff from this store. Hmm. And I remember, like, talking to my dad about it, where I was just like, I really feel like this is, like, a shell company. (laughs) Like, like like money laundering or like the mafia or like something like that like there's something about this this is that is really weird i mean money laundering is so common makes you wonder it does but yeah so that was mine cool thank you lauren um it's 11 49 just making sure you're updated on time so we'll we'll wrap this up real quick then sounds good um so a couple things to plug please follow our facebook page spooky psychology st charles we'll be posting stuff there about our potential live recording and some other virtual events that we could possibly be doing uh, we will also post them on our Instagrams. Laura, Lauren. I don't know why I just called you Laura. Lauren, what is Who your is Instagram? She? Uh, Lauren underscore Malika, M-O-L-I-C-A-L-M-F-T at Instagram. And uh, mine is at Megan Baker, L-C-S-W. So follow us there if you're not a Facebook user. Um, if you want to help out our podcast, we will be providing links in the episode description for our Patreon and for our sponsor, Therabox, which sells self-care goodies. Check them out, but be sure to use the affiliate link if you're going to um, in order to give us a little something should you decide to purchase anything. And also, if you want to help out the podcast, but you cannot afford to do any of the previous mentioned things, we totally understand, but I am looking into some 
options to monetize the podcast to help Lauren and myself out, but all of the monetization goes off of the number of downloads. So if you regularly stream our podcast, that's wonderful. Thanks for being here. But if you're a regular listener, if you could download the episodes when you listen to them, that does help us out. Delete them afterwards. I really don't care what you do with it. But (laughs) if you're able to, please download the episodes so that way it counts as a download and we can get more accurate numbers about how many people are listening right now. Yes, please. And also rate us on iTunes. Give us that five star if you're liking it. Preferably a five star rating. We currently have a five star rating, so... Yes, we do. Um, You can also rate and review us on our Facebook page. Yes, you can. And recommend us to your friends, family, coworkers, neighbors, whomever, really. Yes, we welcome everyone. We love everyone. Welcome everyone. Lauren, do you have any good shit or small business recommendations? Uh, good shit. Um... I would just say, you know, giving a shout out to all of the mental health care workers who are working through this right now and, you know, providing services. I feel like, you know, there is a ton of recognition for nurses and doctors, as there should be, um, but also the mental health care workers need to get shout outs, too, because mm-hmm. they are taking care of people's minds. Yes, absolutely. Um Shout out to all of our essential workers and our mental health workers as well. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of anything to add. And just shout out to like all of the essential workers, to truck drivers, to people in factories, to people in stores that don't get quite as much recognition but are doing great things. And shout out to the workers at my local Dunkin'. Thank you for being there for Thank me. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. And yeah, I got nothing else. So, uh, thanks for getting getting spooky. spooky. Bye. Bye.